Uh, hello, this is G from The Idea. I'm a new dad, entrepreneur, and all-around regular guy who wants to see more <laughs> empathy and compassion in the world. And these interviews, this show called The Everyday Hero, is essentially just the beginning point for me, someone who's also learning about this, to ask people who I think are everyday heroes and compassionate uh, as well. And that's a really great place personally for me to start, and I think also for a lot of the viewers as well. So today's show, because of the internet and everything, is completely unedited, unrehearsed, and raw. So forgive me and us if there are any bloopers and ums and ahs. And things. <laughs> so without further ado, let me introduce Joey, uh, our first guest, and also our very first guest, uh, so Joey, Joey Raz, Cambodia's only co-active coach, uh, specializing in executive and transformational coaching. Uh, and the Coactive Training Institute, for people that don't know, is the oldest coaching training school, one of the most innovative leadership training organizations in the world. Prior to setting up his coaching practice, Joey has worked for many years in HR, executive pay for Deloitte, Prudential, Nomura, and many other multinationals in the UK. And he, has, he had left, actually, that successful career behind because, in his own words, it wasn't his calling, right? And what he's doing now is essentially transforming relationships in workplaces by helping people show up intentionally and with depth. He does this with uh, my team as well. We, he's our preferred provider in this because his belief is that people are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And I, I love that approach. Right. And his mission is to train the first generation of coaches in Cambodia to develop an army of positive change to influence the region's present and future. So without further ado, thank you for joining Joey. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited for this. Uh, excellent. Very good. So t today's topic is a bit of a mix. It's not quite the everyday hero content where we basically just talk about acts of compassion. We talk about all these stories. Today is a lot more focused on COVID just because of the current, current situation. So we have been forced very quickly and drastically to change the way that we're doing things, how we live, how we work, how we behave. And people are facing challenges which they've never faced before. And so for this, this is everybody. It's not just for what you see on the news. Everyone is actually facing it now. And it's unprecedented in modern history. My first question for you today is that I'm... I'm afraid that because of social distancing, we're walking away from the, the physical sickness into a mental sickness. And we've already seen a sharp rise in uh, domestic violence all around the world. And that's just one terrible negative externality that's had to happen from this. And in Hubei province alone, where, where it first started, they've reported a 300% increase in domestic violence and that's reported cases. So, it's quite sad. So what are, what are some of them, as a life coach, as a coactive life coach, what are some of the most impactful things which people can do to manage their emotions during this time? Mm. Yeah, you bring up the word emotions, and that, I think, is, is really key in this. There's so many emotions that we're experiencing and so many, so much, such a big range from people experiencing, like, sadness, fear, anxiety, to, like, stress being cooped up in your home with all your family and not being able to go out. You know that everyone's a tiny bit more on edge and there's that, or people, some people are living alone, have the complete opposite problem and they're feeling really lonely. 
some people are fearing for their jobs. So there's a lot of emotions that we're experiencing and not all of us are so good at knowing what to do with them. And that's a real issue. Yeah. So, I mean, there were two, I mean, there are definitely like two different stakeholders, it sounds like. You've got the people who are stuck at home with everybody else, and then you've got isolated people. And I'd imagine that you'd have a different approach or, or at least different things. Because like, from what I'm hearing from some family members even who are isolated in Germany, they don't have partners or single and they're on social media a lot. And we're seeing that like social media is not, fully social because you're essentially staring at a screen how how does that what does that impact look like when you have too much social media during this sort of time yeah you raise an interesting point because personally for me i experience a lot of anxiety when i'm on social media a lot mm. one because there's all this overwhelm of news 24 7 and i kind of get into a cycle where i'm like reading all the news after another and that puts me in a certain state but also, especially when I'm in a high stress place and then my, I'm reacting out of like the cortisol pathway, the stress pathway, then I can tend to focus is more on the negativity or react in a, you know what, so you know the downsides of social media, like keyboard warriors and people having online arguments and stuff like that. Like yeah. I see that in myself and I'm sure other people are as well. So that, that's one, one negative impact. But also, I think social media can be, yeah. Well, would you ask people to refrain from this? Because they, they need to get their information from somewhere. Like mm. to sort of keep with, like keep, keep in touch with, like if you're isolated, then you need, would you say that you, would you encourage people to continue using social media to keep in touch with people? Or would you sort of just tell people to learn how to be by themselves? I think it's uh, both and. I think social media personally has been great for me. Like we're catching up now and we're on the other side of the world. And I've also seen social media being used for people to step up and take leadership in their leadership in this, in this time, because, you know, spreading positive messages, research messages, and also yeah. just uplifting stories when the ma mainstream media is posting a lot of negativity and quite rightly, so I'm not going to criticize them, but it's really nice to see and there's a whole Facebook group dedicated to, uh, it's called the Kindness Pandemic, dedicated to just sharing stories of people stepping up and helping each other. And that's been really, really good as well. Sounds similar to the, that phrase of where you're, you're like the average of the five people that you're around the most. So I guess whoever is on your, your Facebook feed and you know whatever they're posting, right? You're, you see that as you scroll down. And if it's negative people, I guess you're putting negative things up there. And uh, so it, it might be a really good opportunity to clean up your, start unfollowing, maybe not unfriending, but maybe unfollowing certain people so you don't put under uh, a lot of that pressure there. <clears throat> yeah, like, um, so I, I stay in touch with my friends and a lot of them have started to curate their lists because we found that we weren't, we were seeing stuff that was making us feel a certain way and we were reacting, again, not in a very good way either. Yeah. So instead, we, we shifted our focus to focusing on more positive, more helpful, helpful things. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. So at the moment, like, because you've been coaching people in Cambodia right now. And do you also coach people outside of Cambodia at the moment? I do, yeah. 
is is the trend the same or do you find that in Cambodia given what's sort of going on there like it's because throughout the rest of it like for example in developed markets like maybe in Singapore or South Korea Taiwan these sort of places that have dealt with COVID very well that you, you might argue that the the fear and uncertainty is a lot less because the government is a lot more in, in control whereas in developing nations like uh, Cambodia, for example, where there's a lot less information going on. So there's a lot more uncertainty and a lot more fear. Is it the same? Like, do you, have you been finding the, a trend of uncertainty? I'm sure uncertainty is the same for everybody else, but like, is there a difference in, in your, because I'm not asking for specific people, but I'm saying that overall, is it the same? Are you finding a, a trend or is there a difference between, between your clients? Yeah, I think... The, pro- the issues and the responses, the, the responses of the governments and the issues that people face in different areas of the world are different. However, what is, com- what is a common thread that I have seen is in times of crisis, the governments, the people in leadership can't, there's a limit to what they can do or, yeah. or they're willing to do. But what I have seen across the board is examples of people stepping up and taking things into their own hands and showing up how they feel like they need to in this time. And that I've been really inspired by that actually all around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's something which, which is just amazing. And I like, we're seeing it everywhere. And actually why I wanted to invite you on this was because you're personally doing this yourself, you know, offering a lot of coaching for, for people who who need it, not just coaching, but just uh, almost a, a reasonable voice for people who, who, if they're under a lot of pressure, can can talk to you for. So what what inspired you? What made you do that to, to offer your time and, and your skilled resource for free, essentially? So my first reaction was, is this a bad idea from a business standpoint? Well, that's interesting. And I yeah. have a, I have a I have a business coach, and he was like, just be mindful about what the yeah. impact might be if you're giving your services away for free now. How are people going to value your services after this is over? But then I think about it in two ways. So one is reacting out of fear-based beliefs, and the other one is out of service and love. Mm. And so I, whatever happens as a result, I'm just choosing. I want to be of service to as many people as possible. I'm in a privileged position that I'm not out of a job. I, I'm not going to struggle to pay my bills for the foreseeable future. Loads of people are. Loads of people are, and people are really struggling. People have lost jobs. So my focus is how can I be of service in this time, and what yeah, and what comes what will come. That's so interesting. How did you conciliate that? Well, the because there's a big gap between I think making money, especially making money off services, which is based off your time, and then and then also decide because your business coach had a really good valid point. Like if you're free now, what what is that? Put in terms of your value later because we we did the same thing over the idea like we went off and offered a ton all a lot most of our assets is free all of our business consultation hours were essentially pro bono but we were really clear on on our positioning on that but later people were still going to need our services so for us it was like okay that that's a calculated decision as as a coach like is it that the people did it run through your head for example that the people who are getting that free coaching now from you would they just not be your clients later kind of thing or is this like in hope of them doing it or are you 
like in hope of them when they get to a better spot they can start paying you or did you or did that not even occur to you at all you're like no here's someone who needs my help it's the it's the latter right right now i'm i am doing more stuff that i can offer to people who might not do one-on-one coaching with me because of you know we're in different places but it's not the right fit so i'm doing a lot of things online to support the wider community or thinking of groups one-on-one i just i just want to serve um and it's to be to be honest from from my perspective business perspective it's all about the impact not about my time so if people i just yeah i just want to help people step up in this moment and i think that's what is needed and coaching cannot do that so that's why i'm offering it that's awesome we need much more people like you (laughs) that's great i see i see lots of people like me right now doing so many beautiful things and actually that's what i ask for i say so my fees are a certain amount and i'm gonna waive them now Mm. the only thing i ask is when you can when you're in a place to pay that forward because that's the only way we're going to get through this especially in cambodia where you know we don't have a trillion dollars yeah the government doesn't have that and so we need to step up and support each other yeah that's very much the reality at the moment where there's no stimulus package where the billions of dollars which they can inject into the economy so speaking of the economy, I, w- I was wanting to ask, so what, what do you think is going to happen next in terms of that? So there are a lot of people who are now offering, not a lot of people, but there are people now coming together, doing what you're doing and offering their, their services or even products for free. Do you think there's going to be a change in corporate mindset, the ethics of, of business now? I mean, g- given everything that's going on. So I hear, I hear two two trains of thought and it's a really interesting point that you bring this up so one is the pessimistic one and something that we need to be wary of is around disaster capitalism so people taking advantage of this crisis yeah and this has been going on over you know the wars 9-11 and the financial crash and then the or you know going to deregulation etc but the other one is with and other people are saying like this is an opportunity where we can reconnect with like our empathetic roots and learn to do business in a different way. And so that is something I am hopeful for. And I think the shift in um, what happens is which direction we go is intention. Mm -hmm. So being really intentional about how we want to show up as leaders, business leaders, people of influence, how do we, what kind of role do we want to play? in shaping society one way versus the other. Yeah. We'll come back to the topic of personal care. Just now that we're talking about the community leadership angle uh, and, and like business leaders and stuff, you're saying that, and I agree with you, I think that intention is key for us to make sure that we don't go back to where we were before. Because now it's quite nice <laughs> seeing that, like, like I'm in the countryside at the moment. And for once, we're not seeing air, like plane, like, like air trails, you know, all across the sky, it's actually blue and, and there's no planes going around. It's quite nice. And people are, are commenting that the environment, the earth is, is starting to heal. For that to happen though, for us to move global mindset or even just within an economy, within a business itself, the leaders themselves need to, to say, hey, look, we don't want things to go back to what they were before. 
you know, but they're going to come back to their offices, so to speak, and have a lot to deal with because firstly, those employees are going to look their boss in the eye and uh, because their ethics are being tested now. So in a month, two months, three months, or whatever it is that they walk back into the office, they're going to be looking at the boss and going like, okay, you're trying, you just try to rehire me. And or you have rehired me, but this is not the same because you you didn't pay me during this time and I couldn't pay my money. And I'm only taking this job back because there's no other job going on. Or they're walking back into a place where they're like, hey, you cut my pay, but you know what? At least we made it work. Thanks for having my back. You know, or you pay me full salary during this time and, and we cut into our loss, like we really made losses. And you've also said, hey, look, let's not do things the way they were before. Let's try and innovate, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a selection of how this can kind of turn out. You know, um, I'm sure that you coach, I know you coach business leaders. You know, do you, do you think that's likely to happen? Or do you think these leaders that you're currently working with now, are they, is it even in their mind or are they still in panic mode? It's a mix, I would say. It's a mix. I think we're all trying to find ourselves. As you said before, it's been a very sudden change in uh, how we operate. But as things start to normalize, I think there are opportunities for change. And things have changed, you know, for good here. Things have changed already. Like in Cambodia, working from home is now proven to work. We've already done it. And not everybody is doing it, but, you know, we've had to do it. A lot of companies have had to do it. So it's like, they have no excuse anymore to say, no, you have to come out the office. So again, it's like a forced opening of minds and forced creativity. So I think more and more people are going to start thinking about this. And like, I'm hearing for employees as well. Like some of them are really disappointed with the companies and how they responded to the situation. And they're reconsidering their careers as a, as a result of it. I have to ask, is that a lot of people that you're seeing? Like out of your your clients, so to speak, like is that is that a big majority of people that are saying like i like my employer let's say specifically for cambodia like my employer has failed me so to speak i'll ask that question first before i ask the, the following question on that so what, okay. what does that look like i would say broader than my clients because i speak to a lot of people um yeah i have been hearing not from everybody but from definitely from people who are like i can't believe my employer is doing this and i don't know what to do and they can't leave their jobs. <laughs> and are we find? And I'm curious as well. But are they? Are we finding this among more local, uh, like companies, or is it also expat run or international firms? I, I think there's. I know of. I'm talking about a small sample here because I don't know all the details of everybody, but I know that it's definitely sure. not just local or not just international. And then on the other hand, in terms of the community leadership that we were just speaking about before, how you've, you've said that there's some amazing uh, initiatives coming from, from, well, the community adversely. So what, what's it like there in terms of, the, are you seeing, is it more local or is it more international or is it 50-50? So I don't know about specific company. I, like, I know the idea of doing a lot in this area. And so I'm very pleased to work with you. It's not just companies also, it's individuals. Like my landlord reached out to me earlier and I was like, hey, we'll give you a discount for the next three months. 
I didn't even ask for it. And so, oh, wow. yeah. I haven't heard of that happening yet. In Cambodia, I'm sorry. That's the first time I've heard that a landlord actually actively came out to their tenant and said, hey, we'll give you a discount during this time. Yeah. That's and amazing. Like, and my co-working space, the desk, they, because I want to support them. They just opened their biggest branch. Yeah. But I'm not going in. But they reached out and said, look, we know you're not coming in. Um, I said, I still want to support this, uh, support them because they're great. And they said, well, look, we'll give you a 50% discount. And we're trying to sort the rent out for ourselves, the desk. They're trying to sort this out. But they've offered this to members because, you know, we all have to support each other during this process. So I'm just focusing on these stories inspires me. And I feel like the more we talk about stuff like this, the more it inspires other people to do the same. Well, that's amazing. That's very, very good. Okay. I, I want to come back to the personal care topic. We, we briefly touched on right at the beginning about, because now essentially most people are working from home. For the ones stuck with their families, stuck with their family. I don't even want to say it that way. But <laughs> the ones with their families, because I'm also with my kids and I love being with them, you know. But there, there is a struggle, especially with parents with young children, and they still have to work, you know. So they're remote working, they've got kids running around. They can't do much to change their situation. So, especially in Cambodia, where a lot of people now are opting not to take nannies because they don't control. What their, what their nannies are doing outside and then coming back into their house with. So a lot of people have, have just said, look, no, which, which is a shame because these nannies need work themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, they may be the breadwinner for their family, you know, and then, or, you know, their, their partners are, are likewise being laid off. If you're in such a headspace where you've got to work, you're, you're concerned about your job, you might've just gotten a pay cut, your kids running around and everything. What do you do? What do, you do? What advice do you have for, for your clients? Or at least what do you say to them? So because I'm not a parent, I don't have specific advice, but I feel like there's a general theme that I would say to all my clients in this situation. And let me actually yep. give you a practical thing because I have friends who are... Excellent, because I am yeah, young facing parents. this now. <laughs> young, with two young twins, yeah. Uh, so I'll start from the particular and go into the universal. So with the young kids, what they have said, my friends have said is, that they've learned to be more compassionate with themselves and just take the pressure yeah. off them of being a perfect parent. So I'm hearing stories of like, mm. you know, my friends are letting their kids just watch the TV because that distracts them and you need to work and you need to get some time out. And before they'll be like, you know, I don't want my kids watching all these trashy shows or getting hooked to the TV, but they're just, and you know, I shouldn't be such a bad parent. I should be a better parent, whatever. But by practicing more self-compassion, they're like, look, we need a break. And I, I strongly encourage that to just be honest about how you're feeling. Like, I feel overwhelmed. I feel annoyed at my baby who keeps crying. Yeah. And it's okay to be annoyed because I can't imagine what it's like to, to have to do that, but to not judge yourself for having those emotions. That sounds like good advice for everyone anyway. Like mm -hmm. not just for young parents to, to practice that self-compassion. So even if you're living alone and you're like, ah, oh, here was another day where I didn't get up to much during this time where I couldn't get a job or I didn't send out any CVs or whatever, for example, that that self-compassion is, is the key there. Would you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think taking time for yourself, like we feel, this is pressure to do a lot of stuff. So I know you, I know a lot of other people who are like, 
wanting to or driven by their heart, wanting to contribute to their community. However, they can sometimes neglect themselves or because yeah. there's so many fights to fight. But I'll just say, just take time out for yourself first. It's okay to take that rest. And sh- so you're recharged in a better space to operate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I personally needed to hear that myself. So that, that was good. Good thing there. Now, uh, we, we all sort of, I mean, before, before this, this live stream, we were talking about the concepts of acceptance and, and grief. Uh, where we are and I, I, I personally like thought was uh, I agree and I thought that was a really important point to talk about in terms of personal care and therefore encouraging more community leadership so mm-hmm. so what were your thoughts on acceptance and grief during this time yeah so this came up because of our discussion and like I'm reflecting on my experience like my emotional experience because I had so many things planned for the whole year for the first time I had like a business plan <laughs> and then, and like travel plans. And when, you know, it was January, I was like, oh, maybe it's okay. They're trying to contain in China, February, oh, March. And I was supposed to go away with my girlfriend to Laos. And we're like, yeah, I don't think we can go. And then suddenly we, we had all these expectations of how things were supposed to be. And now things are suddenly different. Our lives are completely changed. I had this weird sensation in my body. I was like, anxious i was getting angry more easily and feeling fearful and just emotional turmoil inside me and i realized that i felt it before and that's when i thought what i'm going through is grief and the grief has a process so you know we talked about acceptance earlier accepting the new way of life however um, there's a lot of research that exists around grief kefs is the name uh, that pops up grief is a process and there are stages that we have to go through before we can accept. And so recognizing that that's what we're feeling, that it's okay to be sad that our life, way of life has changed. Again, extending that compassion to ourselves. That um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks that I can't meet my friends. It sucks that I can't go out and have a drink. It sucks that I can't go on holiday. However small it is and how trivial, don't ignore it. Don't say, oh, I shouldn't be upset about it because you're upset about it. And only through going through that process of being angry and being upset and being, you know, anxious and sad, can then we move on to acceptance. And then, then comes the service and action. Like in this new world, yeah. yeah, In this new world, what do we want to do? But that comes only after we've mourned for the fact that the world's not the same anymore. And people say there's no use crying over spilt milk. But I'd say that's like BS. We need to cry over spilt milk before we can move on. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I personally, I, I agree. And I think that for a lot of people, that's necessary for them to do that. And I'm wondering that maybe because I, per, like, I don't go through that process and maybe I just have a ton of trauma maybe that I haven't, you know, addressed yet. But I am one where like, I, I find that if I find, if I find myself stopping, like what we did at our firm was immediately respond with, uh, COVID con- like crisis management to all of our clients and all of our partners. And then we quickly released all that information for free online, how, like how to forecast your cash flow for a business, you know, to make sure that people can survive and not do mass layoffs. I found that if I stopped, I couldn't deal with it. And I wasn't sure how, I, even as an entrepreneur, how I would pick myself up actually. 
And so I, I didn't stop and, and I'm afraid of stopping. That's one thing. And that, that maybe is just a session that I need to have with you myself. But like, what, what would you say to that though? Like if, if someone chose to say, Hey, look, like I do want to go with that route of not crying about spilt milk and just continue running. Is, is that unhealthy or is this just that, how that person deals with, with crisis or deals with conflict? Hmm. So my professional opinion is like emotion is like energy emotion. And if you don't feel, if you don't give space for emotion and just mm. to really feel and stop pause, like that's going to go somewhere. And some people channel that really well in times of crisis into like action. Okay. So we need to do this, this, and this. And so maybe it's good for an organization, but you have a team, right? And there'll be others yeah. in your team who are less like that. And so you have that balance. So the team is okay. But I would say for you as an individual, having a space to, but you meditate, right? I personally find that meditation uh, for, for me is, is very, I think for meditation for many people is very difficult. I meditate now with, you know, this, this happens to be on the table, like Muse which um, this is not a paid ad by the way to anybody out there but it's this electro like sensor that you put on your head hmm. and it, it gives you real-time it's like an eeg that you slap on your head it was like a couple hundred bucks for the christmas present but i i can measure what my brain activity is going on so when i meditate for example like before i could see what my brain was i'm not sure you can see but you could see what what's going on so I guess you throughout the meditation, how my brain is evolving. So like, I, I am almost ADHD. Like I have so much energy and stuff and I find it impossible to sit and to, and to just mm. focus on my breath. It mm. is so difficult. And I, and even with this device, I found it very difficult to just like be silent. Yeah. It's so tough, even guided meditations. And, and then they released another one where you just focus on being still. So just focus on like your body, like being a stack of rocks and you're just going to like sit there uh, in an upright position, as they call it. Um, so I, I deal with it differently. And I only just started meditating today. Okay. I found that during crisis, I could not meditate. I couldn't sit down. I maybe was, was just my way. Maybe my, my anxiety was above that tolerance where I could do that action which is like if it was still below that tolerance level i could still meditate but i was above that and i was at this point where i needed to do push-ups you know and sprint for like a kilometer mm -hmm. to get rid of that energy yeah. um but, but yeah that's why i was asking because maybe there are other people like me out there who are being told hey you should read affirmation do some journaling meditate and i'm like but i can't sit dude i don't know how to sit right now you know, like, I don't know what's going on with my business. I don't know how to figure out how to pay my staff right now. You know, like, there's so much frustration and anxiety. And uh, yeah. anyway, that, that's why I was asking this question. Because I was like, I, I, I found it really interesting that we were talking about acceptance. And I was like, like, am I even in this frame to think about acceptance? Have I accepted the situation? Yeah, because I'm saying don't cry about spilled milk. But in the scheme of things, is that acceptance? It must be because I'm forcing acceptance <laughs> and I feel like I'm forcing, I'm gone past the grief. I don't have time for this. So I'm afraid of this and I need to go into action. And it's really, well, thank you for sharing that because I think it's a vulnerable thing to say, but the grief is a scary thing 
for a lot of people to really face that emotion. And so part of my big mission is to help people get more comfortable or find their own way of engaging with it. And people do it in different ways, but that is something that is necessary. I'm not saying you can't function or you're not doing well because of it, but imagine if you could invite a minute of silence and space into your life, what, that, what would be that impact? I would imagine that I would have calmer decision-making. And I think that as a business, not even as a business person, I think that like the, your, the quality of your life is completely correlated to the quality of your decision-making. And the quality of your decision-making is governed by your emotions. You know? And so I, I recognize that, which is why I started practicing meditating and all these things for a long time. Yeah. But I, I found that like in this instance where there seems to be this global cloud uh, of, of uncertainty, that it was very difficult to do that. And, and that's why we're at the beginning of our conversation, we were speaking about filtering your social media and, and about like, cause, cause for me, it was about like my, my mind as an analogy is in reverse, you know, and, and I just, I can't seem to accept people telling me, not you, obviously you're not telling me this, but like, people who might not be as experienced saying, Hey, just be positive. You know, just, it's okay. Like, I just like, hold on. I just, I can't like, my mind is all the way over here and you're telling me to be positive, man. I can't, it's like, I can't deal with that advice. I don't know how that's helping me, you know? So I felt like it, it was more important to get out of reverse and it's a neutral first before even thinking about first gear, I'll destroy the gearbox. Right. Mm. So firstly thinking, well, where is this, negativity so how do i get from reverse to neutral and so like for me personally like removing unfollowing people who thought it was their duty to share everything about the death you know and everything that was negative about covid um, unemployment about what trump was doing about all these things i was like oh god i can't and it doesn't actually affect me what trump is doing i'm in poland right now (laughs) my businesses are in cambodia so it didn't it didn't matter and i was and i was realizing how how much impact it was mm. to, to firstly to stop being negative first mm. yeah and anyway i see you as someone thing. who really you're a person who does things and achieves things and you're also very compassionate what we can what we can tend to do is like get overwhelmed by the whole sheer list of things that's going wrong and we're like we want to fix all of them yeah and that could lead to some overwhelm as well and so this is some advice from my own coach. It's like just pick one or two things that you can really influence. Maybe you can influence more than two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, don't get overwhelmed um, because the world is a big place. There's a really cool diagram about COVID-19 and why it's dangerous because of exponential growth. One person infecting two people, infecting you know, four people, eight, you know, it, it goes up and up and up like that. Now, think about it differently. Think about you doing two things that impacts two people. And those two people doing things that impacts two people each. And then we have a real way to combat this, a real way to affect society in a positive way without having getting overwhelmed by the whole sheer thing. You don't have to do it alone. I like that perspective change that you just gave. So you flip the anxiety inducing model 
into what the kindness pandemic would sort of be about, wouldn't it? Yeah. That Facebook group we were talking about, where instead of just you sharing the virus or social contagion, you know, fear, you know, through social media and everything, spreading in- instead compassion and, and, and kindness instead. That's fantastic. And can so, we talk I mean, about, uh, can I just yeah. stick in some new science? Because yeah, 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 go ahead. It really helps. We so, love science. The thing is, when you consume negative info on like facts, let's say, even facts about the pandemic, then your like stress hormone kicks in, cortisol. And when that kicks in, you react in like, I need to get things done, I need to get out, I need to fix things, I need to survive. Yeah. And that's the initial reaction we get of like fear. But then when we focus on things that are more fostering, like um, the oxytocin pathways, then oxytocin is triggered by social connection. So what we're doing now is triggering oxytocin in me when I feel close to you and I feel seen and heard. And that triggers a whole lot of other reactions. It's more like, this is a kindness pandemic inducing thing where we're like, okay, so you're reacting out of, you're responding out of love instead of out of like fear mechanisms. And we make better decisions, more long-term, medium to long-term decisions versus the cortisol pathway, which induces short-term responses. So that's necessary in some cases, but mm. if, we in, if we just operate on the short term, we don't get anywhere, right? So this is why doing this, social media, mm. if done correctly, so that it's oxytocin inducing, that's gonna have a massive impact. I, I heard, I agree, by the way, and I, and I heard somewhere that when, when you're reflecting on kindness and stuff, that it, it actually helps you become more mindful. Is that, that's a thing? It's, it's a, well, it, to be mindful, you just need to, literally one tip that I shared already on my Facebook was just pick up, if you're getting overwhelmed, pick up five things in the room and just observe yeah. it. Note the color, note, uh, think of how it feels like, how it tastes like, smells like. That's when you need to present. So on that note, what, what's the final sort of message? Is there a final message? And what is it that you would like to pass on to people watching at the moment in regards to personal care or community leadership? Hmm. I'd say take care of yourself give yourself everything you need and if that is just to cry in a corner for a day or if it is just slob around and do unhealthy things to yourself for a week if that's your process it's okay do it and then when you're done with that emotion once you've fully experienced it then make some better decisions to take care of yourself and then and then think about in this new world that we're living in, because the world has changed, that's undeniable. There's no going back now. What kind of world do you want to create around you? Like in in your immediate circle, but also the wider circle. I love that. I love that you brought in the personal leadership aspect into it, where people people definitely do have a choice in in how how this plays out in in the near future. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time, Joey. For everybody here, so again, Joey, Joey is a coach. He's, uh, he is currently offering his time to those in need. He is an excellent coach. So we at the idea use him. He is our preferred provider. If you would like to get in contact with him, you can see it on the event page. He's been tagged on our general Facebook page if you want to get in contact with him directly. Uh, thank you very much for our next podcast series. We will have more guests coming. But if you have any questions, actually, before we go, do we have any questions? So Joey uh, at this current on, if you're on Zoom, you can type in your questions on the chat. 
Um, I know that Kieran's just unmuted himself. Um, or you can speak up now. If you're on Facebook Live, we'll just check the comments as well. Yeah. And if nothing now, and you think of something later, you can just ask us in the comment and then Joey will respond on the event page or the thread. Cool. Excellent. Right. Thank you very much, Joey. Thanks, Gene. I'm really glad we did this.